Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds like most people are awake, which is which is good. Uh, probably most of you have been awake for about five or six hours. Uh, certainly those of you who've got young children. Um, it's going to be... Um, hopefully reasonably short and fairly simple this morning. So we've got five songs that we're going to sing, four of which are in the grey book, one of which will be on the overhead projector. And some of the, some of the children have got short readings that they're going to do for me as well as we try and just build up a little message to send us away for the day. So we're going to start, and um, we're just going to sing verses 1, 2 and 4 because verse 3 is horribly depressing. It came upon a midnight clear. Heavenly Father, thank you. um, Thank you that we're able to remember the birth of your Son. Thank you for sending the, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for revealing to us the joy which you had in uh, his birth. We can't imagine um, thousands of angels singing Lord we can't imagine the sky lit up with your glory but help us Lord we pray to capture a little of the the joy and the wonder and the splendor uh, of uh, the events surrounding the birth of the Lord Jesus Amen so I'm going to uh, if you take nothing away else from this morning when you you forget about all the rest I'm, I'm I'm going to give you five words as we go. So each song, as we sing the song, we're going to, we're going to have a word. And my beautiful assistant, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> is going to write the first word up for us, which is joy. I hope you're leaving yourself enough room for the other four. Good. Joy. So that picture there of the angels singing the, the, the fantastic joy that, that there was in heaven over, over that. And I'm going to, um, we're going to take a few readings that are maybe just sort of slightly, uh, uh, some of which are, I suppose, are traditional readings, some of which are maybe slightly different. Uh, Emily's got the first one for us, which is from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this king that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at at what the who heard it was amazed at what the shepherd said to him. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thank you, I think it's fantastic that in just, so, just a few verses uh, like that, there's a, there's a tremendous amount uh, of, of stuff packed in there. You know, The shepherds tested out what they'd been. So they didn't just take the angels' word for it. They, they, you know, the way in which it's expressed is they went, they wanted to find out whether it was true. And they saw that it was, and then um, they went and told everybody about it. It was the joy that the angels had couldn't be contained. It went to the shepherds and then the shepherds went and told everybody else about it because they were absolutely amazed. And that's, so that's, that's, the one, that's one of the responses to, to Christmas, as it were, 
is, is that just go out and share it with people. Share the joy of it. Um, because for most people, actually, there's, there, there is no kind of heart, there's no centre to what Christmas is about. So, so sharing some of that with them um, is fantastic. And the other response um, there is Mary's. And I think that's, that, that's quite telling too, because Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So again, it wasn't sort of just like she sort of kind of took things at face value. She went up and she thought about them and mulled them over and, you know, um, and I think um, from the hints we get, just continued thinking about all of the things about her son right the way through his life. Okay, so that was, that was joy. We're now going to, um, we're going to sing another song now, which is number nine out of the grey book, O Little Town of Bethlehem. So we get the, the, this picture in, the, in that song of sort of the, the waiting, the, um, and not just the waiting then, uh, but the waiting now. So my second word is expectation. And there was, and, and this you know, we kind of know that's there. Um, later on in the same chapter in Luke, it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. And so, I, I don't know quite how he was waiting. You kind of wonder, you kind of wonder whether he was really rushing for it if he knew that, uh, that, uh, as long as he didn't see it, he was going to live. But so, but you see, uh, again, his joy. Um, Jess is going to read us uh, just from verse 29 through to 32, which is what, and I've given her a tricky one, um, and this is what Simeon said. Sovereign, Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss you, your servants in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in, in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. So he was expecting salvation and he was expecting this, um, what he saw was the light which revealed what the light uh, of God which was the glory for his people. Some's got a slightly longer reading yeah, from, from John's Gospel, which talks about Jesus as that light. John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made and has been made. In him was life, and that life was light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right of becoming, to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or as a husband's will, but born of God. A light sent to lighten the world, but it's a, it's a strange word here, but the, the world didn't understand it, didn't recognise it, and there were people then who didn't recognise it. There were people through Jesus' life who didn't recognise the light. There are people now who, who, however brightly the light shines, still don't seem to get it. But there were some then who did. And there are, there are some now who do. And, I, and, now, and I'm sure those of you who are picky will now tell me that I'm getting my chronology somewhat mixed up. But I think that because we're going to sing As With Gladness Men of Old um, as our next song... Uh, which is in, in the book and is number 10. Um, and yes, I know that the wise men probably didn't come to see Jesus until he was one or two. He, you know, they, they weren't there at the same time as the shepherds and these little pictures we have are not right. But I think the whole thing is kind of put together in the Gospels because what we're trying to get is, is, is a picture of, the, 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 um, uh, of what's coming to us from, from God and uh, so, that, so the joy and the expectation and so on are the, are the same theme that runs through the shepherds, runs through the, the wise men and so on. So we're going to sing uh, now number 10 out of the, the great book which is As With Gladness Men of Old. My third word is seeking. <laughs> You're with me are you? <laughs> Do you know where we? I wonder if you can tell where we're going with this. Uh, with this over on the uh, on the right, there are no prizes if you can if you can if you can guess what the other two letters are going to be, uh, because it's the central uh, message of Christmas. But it, it's interesting compared with the the shepherds who were sort of normal everyday folk, you know, the wise men, the magi. They were, they were philosophers, they were astronomers, they were probably astrologers as well. But they were, um, as one of Zach's puts it, uh, snazzy super scientists seeking, uh, I can't remember, the, what's the phrase? Zach, can you remember? No, okay. We've got this one book which tells the whole story of the wise men with every word beginning with S. It's quite difficult to read. So, but they were seeking, super snazzy scientists seeking the saviour. And all our posters leading up to Christmas have had this little tagline on the bottom that said, wise men seek him still. And I think that's, it's, it's really telling uh, that. So, I've got a, a couple more um, verses that I'd like to, to read now. Uh, and I've forgotten which one I gave to Beth. I think I gave Beth... Verses 19 to 22, did I? So Beth's going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 19 to 22. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligence, I will prostrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. 
in since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom didn't know him and Paul I think here makes a really important contrast between how clever people can be and the things that they can think and the things that they can dream up and what God calls wisdom and you know I'm a well probably more of a pseudo intellectual really I suppose than an intellectual you know I I'm obviously far from the most educated person uh, in, in the room here. But I did go to university. I did a, I did a science-based degree, you know. And all of that thinking comes from one sort of direction. And it, it doesn't have uh, any concept of God. Everything here is, is done by proof or by hypothesis and trying to, you know, you start off thinking something and then you find ways in which you can prove what it is you're thinking. And that's great. People have only done that for, for uh, four or five hundred years. and Nobody ever thought that kind of way before that. People had... The way in which people thought out and decided what was true was different. It was done through, through argument and discussion and so on. And, and not using the, you know, the, the same arguments that science does to, to prove its, its point. And God said, well, we can think of all kinds of uh, things. We can dream up lots of things. We can think that we have a basis of proof for those things. But actually, the way that God works is just different. So God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. It just doesn't work on a kind of two plus two work out the equation kind of basis. You know, first of all, we've got to recognise this need for salvation then we have to recognise a saviour who can, can, can ac- accomplish that. Uh, and then uh, we have to kind of sit back and accept that God can do it. And often that last step is the hardest for us. Because having gone through this whole process of engaging our brains to the, to the extent that we, we understand and believe, we then want to, to do everything ourselves to secure our salvation and that isn't how grace works grace works in God doing it and us being humble enough to accept that he is doing it and so I've got a few more verses which Daniel's got which just carry on from where he stops so verses 29 uh, sorry verses 23 to 29 but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolish to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than the man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than the man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards not many were influential not many were of noble birth but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong he chose the lowly things of of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify, 
the things that are. Why did he do that? Why did he choose the, the small things? So that, he says in verse 29, no one may boast before him. Jesus was born and wrapped up and put down to rest amongst the animals. Yeah? So you can't stand up and say, well, look, what, look, what, look at me, I've got this, that, and that, you know. The Son of God was born in a stable. And right the way through the message of, of, of the gospel, God takes all of our normal thinking and turns it on its head. The king of the world, he should be born in a palace. Well, he isn't. He's down the road there in this place, Bethlehem, which, as it said, is one of the least of the villages in, uh, in Judah. And he did that, he says, uh, towards the, in the end of verse 30, this is for our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it's written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. So the fourth word is us. Because the whole point about the Christmas story is that this is not some detached event. This is God reaching out to us. This is God involving us. This is us, actually, at the centre of God's plan. So the... so. We've seen all of these, these first words from a human point of view. The, the joy uh, in the birth, the expectation of the coming of the, uh, the Saviour that was then fulfilled in Jesus, the wise men seeking him. But actually, we could turn those around the other way and we can also see God's joy in him um, uh, accomplishing his plan. God's expectation of people responding to the birth of Jesus. God seeking us. Because that's where, you know, our story and God's story meet in, in uh, the things that we particularly think about at Christmas. And so, uh, we're going to sing now, Lord, you have my heart and I will search for yours. Jesus, take my life and lead me on. Heavenly Father, your promise when Jesus was born was of peace. And Lord, we know that we can only truly have peace when we know you and have a relationship with you. A relationship that's, that's cemented by our, our knowledge of your love as shown um, in the Lord Jesus in his birth in his life in his death in his resurrection all of those things show us Lord how you love us how you seek us how you care for us and how you so much want us to be what we can be and that we can only be what we were made to be when you live in us so that we give praise and glory and honour to you. Help us Lord to keep that in focus to know your love 
and to think on it so that it changes us from within so that we become you so that we take the reconciliation that you have shown us in Jesus and we become your ministers of reconciliation to the world. Amen. So, we've looked at joy. We've looked at the expectation in the coming Saviour. We've looked at people seeking. We've seen how it's centred around us and the one thing that is the core of what that joy, the expectation, the seeking is about is our last word which is salvation. There's a good job there aren't six. Otherwise I think the pen would be running out. So what is it that is core to Christmas? It is Jesus. God saves. God is salvation which is what Jesus' name means. It isn't sort of something that's meaningless. It isn't just a, a kind of point in history from which we measure things and we set our calendars by. It is God giving us a strong uh, and unequivocal message that he wants to save us. And that's why his son came. So we're going to close by singing Christians Awake, Salute the Happy Morn. Maybe we should have started with it, but I, I wanted to close with this because this is, this day hath God fulfilled his promised word. This day is born a saviour, Christ the Lord. And uh, to ask us to keep and ponder in our mind God's wondrous love uh, in saving lost mankind. Till everything is fulfilled and the Lord Jesus is here again to establish God's kingdom. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard, or seen in or seen, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. <laughs>